G'day, Troy Dean from WP Elevation, and welcome to episode 47 of the WP Elevation podcast. We are almost at the half century mark, which is very exciting. I can't believe we've uh, almost got 50 episodes in the can. You know what that means? That means we're almost a year old here on the WP Elevation podcast. And um, big thank you to everyone who's been supporting us over the last 11 months or so. In this episode, you're going to meet Jason Swank. Jason uh, has a business now coaching agencies how to take their agency to the next level. He's very clear about who he coaches and who he doesn't. He's very clear about what he offers. If you seriously want to build your WordPress business to a point where it's a lifestyle business and it supports the kind of lifestyle that you want and it generates the kind of revenue that you want it to generate and you want to know how to put systems in place and write proposals to get the bigger clients, then this episode is for you. I'm going to make it really easy for you. If you don't want to grow your WordPress business and uh, you know get it to a point where it's supporting a nice lifestyle, then don't listen to this episode because that's exactly what you're going to learn. Jason built an agency, sold it, took some time off, uh, doesn't really need to work, came back and is now teaching other agencies how to do it. He's very successful. He's, he's got a lot to give. He's got an amazing energy. He, it, for me, it was like interviewing myself on this episode because he says exactly the same things that I say. And I think that's why we've crossed paths and why we connect so well. He's actually going to come into WP Elevation and teach one of our webinars shortly. So uh, that's going to be very, very exciting. Um, he's also giving away two copies of his proposal template, the kind of proposals, the kind of template that uh, that wins clients like Hitachi and AT&T, so larger enterprise clients, and how we can use these kinds of proposal templates to win bigger clients for ourselves in the WordPress consulting space. Uh, there's a lot to learn in this episode. There are prizes. It's a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Stay with us. Let's elevate. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. This episode of the WP Elevation Podcast is brought to you by Video User Manuals, the best, the original, the only way to teach your clients how to use WordPress. Of course, the plugin puts over 60 video tutorials in your client's WordPress dashboard uh, to teach them how to use WordPress, SEO by Yoast and WooCommerce. And of course, now you can get your hands on the Video User Manuals plugin for just $1 for your first month so that you can take it for a spin on some client sites and see the true power of this plugin in action. Uh, visit wpelevation.com vum for more information to see the video of the plugin in action and to learn how you can use this plugin to win more jobs and get more clients. wpelevation.com vum. The elevation tip this week is fail. That's a strange tip, isn't it? What I mean by that and we talk about this in the interview with Jason, is if you're thinking about doing something in your business, particularly if you're thinking about positioning yourself as a trusted source of information for a particular type of niche, maybe it's accountants, maybe it's real estate agents, maybe it's non-profits, maybe it's people in the well-being space, maybe it's large enterprise. If you're considering positioning yourself as the WordPress or the web expert for a particular niche or a particular type of client, then I want you to do it with the express intention of failing because you will learn more. Chances are you won't hit a home run straight off. Chances are you're going to fail your first attempt. So you may as well do it with the express intention of failing just to get it out of the way. You will learn more through failing than you will by not doing anything. So just 
do it right now and with the express intention of fail. Go out there and deliberately try and fail. So write a blog post and then don't publish it. Or write a blog post, publish it, and then realize that no one's going to leave any comments on it. Start a podcast and uh, with the express intention of of failing with the podcast. We had a podcast before WP Elevation called Compress that no one remembers. <laughs> Even the people who were on the podcast don't remember it. Um, because we failed at it. And I learned so much about podcasting by doing that podcast that now we are here at episode 47 of the WP Elevation podcast. And this podcast, you know, there's a lot of work involved in putting together a podcast, but this podcast runs pretty smoothly because we've got processes and systems and people and a team in place to make it happen. So that's my elevation tip this week. We talk about a lot. We talk a lot about failing uh, and how much you can learn about fail- from failing with Jason Swink in this interview. Jason, of course, built an agency called Solar Velocity in, uh, in um, uh, where is he from? He is from Atlanta uh, in the States and uh, he built that agency. He sold it. It was very successful. He did very well out of it. He's now teaching agencies how to take their agency to the next level. He's teaching agency owners how to grow their agency to the next level. He's got a product called the Agency Playbook. He's got a proposal template that he sells, which is the same proposal template he used to secure clients like AT&T and Hitachi. So the guy knows what he's doing, and he's got an amazing energy, um, and he's got incredible, incredible blue eyes. There you go. I've said it. Yes, I might just have a bit of a man crush on Jason Swank, and I think I'm okay with that. So without further ado, uh, I hope you enjoy, uh, and you really should watch this interview. If you're just listening to it on the podcast, you should watch it on the the website because um, he's extremely animated, and uh, you know we do some funny things that are, that are worth looking at, worth seeing, and he's just got this great energy and this great charisma when he speaks, and he's very passionate about what he does, so make sure you watch it at wpelevation.com slash Jason Swank, J-A-S-O-N-S-W-E-N-K, and hopefully my man crush is not too obvious on the video. There you go. Without further ado, let's go and meet, oh, and by the way, he's giving away two copies of his proposal template valued at $197 each, so stick around for details on how you can enter the drawer to win that prize. Uh, right now, let's go and meet Jason Swink. G'day, Troy Dean from WP Elevation here. <laughs> and I'm here with my good buddy from Atlanta, Jason Swink. Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Troy? That was very funny, I must admit. That was probably the most humorous start to an episode <laughs> that we've had. So for those of you who are listening to this podcast and not watching it, this is a great opportunity to come and watch it on the website because Jason just did something very funny indeed. For those that don't know, Jason Swink is a... Digipreneur, is that how you, a digitalpreneur, sorry, digitalpreneur, uh, has, has built a very successful web agency in the past, which we're going to talk a lot about, and sold it, um, and Jason also, um, so Jason now teaches how to, grow, how to grow your agency to the next level, and one of the things he teaches is how to write proposals for, you know, some of the bigger clients that we might not be used to writing proposals for, and Jason is very kindly offered to give away two copies of this proposal template, which normally sells for $197 on his website. So stick around for details on how you can enter the draw to win one of those proposal templates a little bit later on. All right, hey, Jason, before we start talking about all things digital and WordPress and uh, HTML5 and Flash, no, I'm kidding. Uh, When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know, I wanted to be a professional tennis player, and my dream was to play at the U.S. Open. So... uh, and uh, I got through college and, and changed, that, uh, changed that dream. 
Were you playing like were you sort of playing amateur tennis on the circuit when you were a teenager? I did. So I I played all around the, you know the country and I, I live in the U.S. and uh, and played in college as well. So cool. So what happened? Like why did you why did you why did you change the dream? Did you get injured you know, or? No, it was just a lonely world. I mean, yeah. it was by yourself, and I saw a bunch of people go on the tour, and they were just by themselves and you know you didn't make money unless you got in the top hundred and that was very very a hard road I didn't want to do that way yeah and so one thing about tennis I play a little bit of casual tennis and I love it but it is it's a very lonely existence just being up one end of the court battling the stuff that's going on in your head it's not like playing team sports you've got that camaraderie and you've got other guys that you can kind of bounce off whereas uh, tennis is a very lonely sport isn't it oh yeah definitely I like uh, racing cars a lot better. At least I have someone in my head other than myself talking to me. So, <laughs> do you race cars now? I, I do. I do. Wow, awesome! At what level are you, are you racing cars? Uh, I'm a pro am driver, so uh, we'll race all around the U.S. And uh, but when I had my second kid, my wife kind of trimmed that down a little bit for me. So. <laughs> yeah, right. That's it's it's a hazard, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I didn't know that about you. That's awesome. Um, so when did you discover the web? When did you discover the internet and think, oh, hang on, here's something I'm going to get busy doing? Yeah, so uh, my best friend looked like Justin Timberlake from NSYNC. Right. And I love technology, and so I started designing a website. And I don't know if it's called in, and it rhymes with kind of what comes out the second end. And it rhymes, looks like NSYNC. I just don't want to get blocked from your podcast. Or I guess it's called in shit. You can beat me out, right? Yeah, of course. But, so I developed this website in the 90s, and it got widely popular. And so then people started asking me to design websites for them. And, that, and so that's how I got introduced to the web. That's how I got into the web design world. <laughs> that's fantastic. So you kind of started off, you were taking the piss a little bit, and it kind of grew yeah. into a career. Yeah. I was wow. trying to make fun of people. So that's how I, I jumped into this life. So. Wow. At what point did you and your buddy know that he looked like Jason Timberlake? Was it just like really obvious to everyone? Oh, yeah. I mean, we were, we were going to bars and we were getting in because they thought he was Justin. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a blessing and a curse, isn't it, really? It is. It is. Wow. Um, so do you remember the first time you saw the WordPress dashboard? Because when you, when you started off, you weren't really developing a lot of stuff on WordPress, were you? So when did, when did WordPress come onto your radar? Oh, probably maybe three years ago. Okay. Um, you know, I had a blog on a, another different system, and I just wasn't ranking in the search engines. And then everybody said, you know, you should check out WordPress, and I checked out WordPress, and it was just a game changer, especially with all the plugins and all the different things that are there. It just makes it so much easier. Mm. And so you were using WordPress um, not to develop sites for clients, but just to run your own blog and publish your own content, yeah? That's right, yep. And so when you were doing sites for clients, what platforms were you using back in the day? So we were using Sitefinity. It's a Telerik product. And then we were using Sitecore as well as uh, Microsoft SharePoint. Right. So we were, a, we were a .NET shop. Right. Gotcha. And you were doing, uh, you, were, you, you kind of started out, uh, we'll talk, talk a little bit more about this in, in detail a bit later on, but you started out uh, building websites for kind of small business clients, but you, you pretty much wrapped, you, you grew pretty quickly to doing enterprise stuff, yeah? Yeah, it literally, when we started really getting a laser focused on what we wanted to do, what our core service offering, and who we wanted to serve, we started getting really big clients calling us, like LegalZoom and Hitachi and AT&T and Affleck and, and those guys. So, but it took us a little while to get there, but 
you know, you have to have that laser focus of where you're going uh, in order to get there, and most people don't. Mm. You just mentioned something um, uh, which we're going to explore in more detail, but you just said when you had that laser focus and you worked out who you serve, which is something that we talk about a lot here at WP Elevation, knowing who you serve. But the one thing I just did want to touch on there is how did you know? When you, when you decided to focus on who you serve, how did you then kind of get rid of the fear of missing out? Like, weren't you worried that you were going to miss out on all this other work if you just focused on these particular type of, t- types of yeah. clients? Yeah, not really. It was, it was because we were getting so much work to us. And we were just fumbling around and we were stuck. And I hired a couple people from the outside that helped us laser focus. And that really changed everything. And yeah, I work with clients all the time. And they're like, we're going to miss out. Like I was working with a client couple months ago and I said all right we got this perfect niche and we're going to go after it and they're so excited and we're like all right let's do it on the homepage and they're like no we're going to lose business <laughs> I was like well how many leads are you getting now and they were like none I was like well it's only going to help that's <laughs> <laughs> so true that's great how many leads are you getting now none well what business are you going to lose by getting focused yeah I mean it's it's amazing if, if you're not a specialist then you're missing out like when we would go into a LegalZoom or a Hitachi, if we said we were a full-service company, they would laugh. And yeah. they would, you know, because they know that not everybody can do that. But if we went in with the laser-focused, they were like, okay, solar velocity is the best at the world at this. Now, it's a little different when you have a smaller, you're going after smaller clients because they want to work with one company versus the bigger companies have so many companies they work with. So. Mm. I still really like the, the you know, you, you touched on it then, being a specialist. We always talk about, you know, being a, like I always talk about the medical world, being a general practitioner, general doctor versus being a specialist. Specialists are harder to get in to see. You pay them more. You have to have a referral letter before you even get in the door. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the GPs, you know, the thing about being a generalist, I think Seth Godden said this, if you're going to be a generalist, then you have to specialize in being a generalist. Yep, that's right. I love it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. You have to be the I mean, best. You have to be the best damn generalist in the world. You know. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're shy and you just want a lifestyle business, be a generalist. Yeah. But if you want to be famous in your market and really dominate it and have people banging down your door, you have to pick a specialization. Yeah. Or a niche or, or something, and you have to totally focus on that. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more that more about that a little bit later on. How do you describe what you do in one sentence when people when you meet people for the first time and they say, "Hey, Jason, what do you do? What's your elevator pitch, so to speak?" I'm a media company for agency owners, so I produce content in order to get them uh, to a a faster level. Okay, a media company for agency owners. I like it. So what I like about this is that uh, it names your target audience. So you're not a media company for freelancers, you're a media company for agency owners, so you're instantly saying, well, this is where my target market is. And you're a media company, that kind of tells me what you do, but it's also a little bit intriguing. So I want to know more. My natural instinct is to say, what does that mean? What, what, what do you mean a media company? And then all of a sudden, yeah. we're having a conversation. That's right. That's right. That's, it. That's everything in a, in a nutshell. Too many people will go into the long-winded and be like, I work with small business. But small business is not a, a target market. I mean, <laughs> things a wide market. And if, for the people listening, I'm stretching out my hands really big. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's everything. I can't slap people around, uh, you know, enough in order to do that. Mm. What do you spend most of your time actually doing day to day? You know, um, it is more of, I do a lot of coaching. Uh, with 
agency owners, you know, I just started putting out my time timesheet, right? So for my whole life, I always made my whole company report their time, just so we know if we're profitable and what we're doing. So I wanted to start doing that to show people that you don't have to work all the time in order to be successful. And I had the biggest month I've ever had, but I worked half the time. I didn't have one day that I worked over five hours, and I took literally two weeks off. So I worked a t under 100 hours last month in, in July. Wow. And you, I'm just looking at your time report here on your website, jasonswank.com, and it says here, lesson learned, repurpose your content as much as possible. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. I mean, so like I created a new program called Generate Leads Every Day. And so what I did is I took all the content I was creating for my one-on-one -on -one clients and I repurposed it for a live program that I could do with a group of people. So that saved me a tremendous amount of time because I created it other places. And the same thing I think with your audience, right? As they're building plugins, as they're building WordPress sites and all this stuff, they can repurpose it. Or if they're educating their clients, you can repurpose that for other stuff in blogs and just record your sessions and then have pay some a virtual assistant to turn that into show notes. Yeah. So I never spend over 10 minutes on any blog post I write. I literally record it in my phone and then pass it to my virtual assistant in order to write it. Yeah. Yep. It's gold, isn't it? Um, I, you know, I wish I could get better at that because, you know, completely off topic here, but I just want a little bit of private coaching if that's right here, Jason. Um, <laughs> sure. So the blog post thing, right? I use drag and dictate to dictate my blog post, but I'm such a anal perfectionist that I try and just bang them out and hand it off to, to we use rev.com for all our dictation stuff, which is they dictate stuff for like a dollar a minute. And I try and, you know, but I find myself like listening back to it and then like re-recording it and re-editing it before I even send it off to the dictator. You know, it's nuts. It's oh. crazy. Yeah. Well, what, what I do is I just focus like I'm having a conversation with someone uh -huh. and it's never going to be perfect in our eyes. You just got to get it out. But, yeah. you know, I had always in, and I don't have a set schedule. I mean, I try to plan out all my content months in advance, just in case I have those brain farts that I just cannot think of anything. <laughs> um, but as I come out of like a, a meeting with a client and they had a particular challenge and I told them something of like kind of that Frank the Tank moment in old school, like he's like, what happened? I blacked out. Yeah. I'll actually record it. And then I'll be like, that stuff's gold before yeah, yeah. I lose it, right? And so you got to kind of do it. But if you sit down in front of a blank screen or a blank recording, it's so hard if you're, it's a task. It's funny, you know, because the, this is one of those moments where I've become the mechanic whose car doesn't go anywhere and needs restoring, but everyone else's car runs beautifully, right? I've got this thing yep. called the content creation machine where I, you know, I teach people how to store headlines in Evernote and then schedule time in the calendar to go and drill through your headlines and write your blog post. And then, you know, never edit the same day you write. Just write it out. Edit it the day later so that you're fresh. You know, set up a publishing schedule. I'm not doing this myself. <laughs> I know. I, I, I ran into that as well. And so how I started doing and making sure my stuff was done is I had set days for the different things I was doing. So I'd have build days. I'd have profit days. I'd have free days. Um, and I, deal, um, I, I talk about that in that time report that's free. So, but really kind of segment that out, and it's so much easier to do content creation and, and stuff like that. So mm. that's the only way I was able to do it.
Yeah, it's really, it's interesting. I'm looking at your time report here, and I think this is something that I can definitely. I mean, we can all you know get better at this, and something that I can definitely get better at is, uh, you know, I was sitting here yesterday, and I actually pinged my our our um, our new team member Jin, our mar- new marketing and communications manager we've just employed full time. I pinged her on Skype, and I said, "Please help me. What am I supposed to be doing right now? I've got like." A million things here I want to do. What is the high value task that I should be doing right now? And so she was just able to bring me back and focus me. But the way that you've broken down your week here, build. So Sunday is like free day, discover, maybe build some stuff. Monday, you're in build mode. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're in profit mode, which we'll talk about. Friday is discovery build. And Saturday is free. And I take it you're racing cars or playing with your kid on Saturday. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Yeah, I don't touch electronics on Saturdays. I just completely shut off. So what, what's a profit day? So profit day is marketing, sales, promotion, making money yeah, you're days. Making, yeah. making money day, right? right. So you're, you're doing things that lead to making money. You're not building content, but you're building relationships, right? You're uh, actively <clears throat> trying to sell something to someone. You're marketing. You're doing Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, whatever it is. Whatever's going to get you closer to that revenue target that you're going after. And here's the key, too, is I always... I live and die by my 90-day goals, and that allows me to have a laser focus on what I need to do. And I can outwork almost about anybody because I just focus strictly on those goals and everything outside of those I turn down. And that's what a lot of people need to do in order to really get that focus because a lot of clients I work with, they're so scatterbrained. They're all over the place because they have so much to do. Yeah. It's funny. Um, <clears throat> we, we adopted the entrepreneurial operating system from um, Gino Wickman who wrote a book called Traction. And he talks about that, that thing. He, we, we set quarterly rocks in our business. And Jean yesterday when I pinged her on Skype and said, what am I supposed to be doing right now? She said, what is your rock for this quarter? I went, oh, yeah, right, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. But what I, love about what, what I love about what you've done here is broken your days down into build and profit because I think my biggest problem is that I know that I should be building more content, but I always want to be working on the profit stuff. Like I can't imagine coming to work and spending a whole day building content. I'd go home and I'd be like, oh, my God, I didn't generate any revenue today. Like there's all these opportunities that I haven't pursued. But if you don't break it down and focus on building content, it never gets done. That's right. Yeah. And you, you put it off to the last minute and then it comes out completely crappy because you rushed it. And that's kind of why, you know, and, and I do talk about, you can vary from those different days. So as I have, you know, hits of, you know, Frank, the tank inspiration moments, you know, I'll start creating or I'll start selling. So I'll, I'll move back and forth. But if you have that set structure, so then, you know, cause I work for myself now, right? I don't have anybody that reports to me. I don't have anybody or anything. So I can do anything I want. So I need to give myself structure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a scary thing when you can do anything you want, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. But, you know, the funny thing is, is when, when I sold and I got back into working, you know, I, the reason why I got back into working, I was so bored because everybody was working. <laughs> I just need to find friends that don't work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's right. It's funny. I was talking to one of our members, David, in, in Adelaide, and he had a similar thing. He sold a business and uh, he, he kind of got up one Monday morning. He was in his dressing gown. He went out to the, the letterbox to check the mail or get the paper. And his wife went off to work and he kind of went back into the house and he realized he was really depressed because he couldn't go and have lunch with any of his friends because they're all at work. Yep, yep. Well, I went through that even at my agency. So I remember going through a moment um, where I went to my wife. She's like, what's wrong? I was like, man, the company will not move forward without me. 
And then she was like, well, why don't you change it? I was like, well, that's an easy solution. Um, so, so I started setting up systems and hiring the right people. And about six months later, I was depressed again. She goes, what's wrong? I go, I came in, they didn't need me. <laughs> she goes, what do you mean? I said, well, they didn't need me to do any uh, comp created. They didn't need me to do any strategy sessions. They didn't need me to sell. She's like, but that's what you designed. And she was like, you need to do the, you know, build the culture and the team and the direction. I was like, oh, okay, I got it. So yeah. my, my wife's, uh, you know, my, my number one mentor, right? So. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, isn't it, too, as you, as you kind of elevate through a business. You know, I, I had this conversation last night with my wife and I was lying in bed. I'm like, I said, oh, you know, because we've just employed Jin full-time. We've got three full-time staff in our office in Manila. We've got uh, myself, my business partner here in Australia, Jin full-time. We've got some other contractors who work for us. And so the company's growing. And I said to my wife last night, I said, I've got a lot to learn. And she said, what do you mean? I said, I've got a lot to learn about managing people, you know, and managing a team. Because the better I can manage them, the less reliant the company is on me, you know. And so... And I heard her kind of like, like silently groan, like, oh, you know, because when I go into learn mode, I'm just like, I consume everything. Like I'm like this ADD kid who just wants to read and I want to study with all the experts on yeah. building culture and building team. And, and she's like, oh, no, you're going to be sitting up until three o'clock in the morning again, reading all these books and stuff. And I said to her, but the, you know, the better, it's kind of weird because I'm really comfortable doing what I do in the business, but in terms of managing people and building a team and building a culture, I'm not comfortable in that space and it's really scary and I can feel myself putting that off and resisting it. How do you, how do you, how did you kind of work through those leaps of faith that you had to took, that you had to yeah. take in order to get the business to where you wanted it to go? It's all about setting the core cultures and it really comes down to your core, your core values, right? And so I would define those. So I would say, you know, my employees are my best asset. I want my employees to do, I want us as a company to do more with less. Mm. And I want to, you know, escalate our clients and get them results. And, and so I made sure I communicated that to everybody. Because you think about people don't lead or don't follow a leader because they're trying to lead them. They follow them because they believe into something that they believe, right? So yeah. you think of like Simon Sinek, you know, how like Martin Luther King and all those people get all these people to show up is because they have similar beliefs. So you want to surround yourself with those similar core values and not uh, you know, surround yourself by little uh, clones of yourself. That's a mistake. You want the complete opposite because usually you know, we're visionaries, anybody that are starting companies, so we're really good at coming up with ideas, but we need to surround ourselves with those operators, right? Those people that can actually do the work and actually you know, keep us on track and all of that because me and you, we could talk for – two hours and come up and invent a hundred businesses and, and you know, that, that amount of time. Um, but then we need, you know, your full-time person to be like, Hey guys, you're, yeah. you guys are being silly and let's, let's focus. Yeah. So it's all about picking that direction and being clear and really staying true and, and figuring out where you need to go. And this is what we believe. If you like it, great. And when we were able to do that, we won the best place to work in Atlanta by all the publications here. Wow. And when we did that, we started attracting even better talent, wow. and it was truly amazing. And we just had fun. I mean, but it it all stemmed from kind of my core values and my personality, and we just went from there. But you can look at like Zappos. I don't know if you guys know yeah. Zappos shoe company, but that's what they do. I mean, they they go, our employees are our number one assets, and we're going to do everything to make them happy because then they'll make everybody else happy. When you started uh, Solar Velocity, it was just it was just you, right? You, you like you didn't have partners or anything at that point. It, 
as you yeah, grew, I, did you did you bring partners on as you grew? Yes, I did. I brought a partner on about a year after. Um, here's my deal on partners partnerships. If you don't know the bad partner, you're probably the bad partner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, you always it's here's the way that I tell people if if you want to give ownership or that incentive to other people, create a key employee program. So in the event that you do sell, you actually give them um, not really stock because you can't really call it stock, but you give part, like 10% of the company to those key employees when, when you exit. Then they don't have the tax liability. You don't have to worry about evaluation if you get a, a, you know, can them or they leave or any of that. Because when you take on partners, there's a lot of headaches that come on. Uh, now, if you own 51%, that's a different story. I gave away 50%. This was my first business. I was 22 when I started Solar Velocity, so mm. I didn't know. Um, but mm. uh, yeah, so don't do partnerships. I, they always end really badly. <clears throat> it's, they're really hard. I, I, I'm very fortunate now. I have a great partner, Brian, and we are a 50-50 partnership. In fact, I don't even think we have a proper partnership agreement. I think we've got like a one-page memo of understanding. Uh, and it's kind of a, you know, a handshake agreement. Uh, but my previous business, my, my web agency, I was a 50-50 partner with someone who we just ended up being in, on the different pages. We just ended up wanting different businesses, really. And um, when it came time to, to dissolve that partnership, it was awkward and it was like breaking up with someone and it was messy and we had to get lawyers involved and it was just horrible, you know. Because we were 50-50, no one could say, well, this is the way it is and, you know, too bad. Um, so I, I would I absolutely agree with you. Like 50-50 partnerships, you should go into those partnerships with a lot of reservation and be really clear that you're getting into bed with the right person because it can get it can get awkward later on. Yeah, the one thing that I give my clients all the time is the operating agreements that we used. And we started developing that after the fact mm. and, and we started morphing that toward the end and that made it a little more crystal clear. So it really defined your role, defined your partner's role, defined if someone didn't start pulling their weight, what happened, or also laser focused on like, if someone wanted out, what would it cost? And, and so you don't have to get the lawyers involved and, and all of that. So make sure you guys look at, you know, operating agreements before you guys do a partnership. Yeah. Good, uh, good advice. Now I just saw, just Googled Simple Velocity and I'm now on a site called Simple Rounds, mobile medical platform. Well, it's a solar velocity. Solar velocity. Yeah, sorry. So I, I, I Googled solar velocity and uh, they were a Sitefinity training partner, uh, but now it looks like the Solar Velocity website redirects to Simple Rounds. Do you know anything about that? No, nothing about oh, that. So uh, the company that bought us was a company called Northridge, uh -huh. and then nine, oh, yeah. nine months later, yeah. So then nine months later, we positioned it to sell it to a company called Proficient, which is a, right. a publicly traded company. So right. Well, now, yeah. So so all those names are gone, other than bad marketing from Sitefinity. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So yes, uh, well anyway, Solar Velocity, the domain name now redirects to Simple Rounds, which is a mobile medical platform. It looks like a mobile app for doctors and, and hospitals to, looks interesting. Um, so how, how long ago did you exit um, uh, Solar Velocity? How, how long ago did that happen? Three and a half years ago. Cool. And what did you do then? When you sold the, what was it like selling the yeah. business? Yeah, I mean, it was like selling your firstborn. I mean, you know, my whole adult life, that's what I created. That was my baby, you know, everything I put into it. And so there was, it was an emotional roller coaster, if you think about it, because you were like, what am I going to do next? Hold on, I'm choking if you guys can't see. 
you guys on the podcast. I made sure I put water here because the last webinar I did, I started choking and it was all audio. Right. And so they couldn't see. They were like, he just disappeared. Did I ask that hard question? <laughs> but, but afterwards, I, I thought of like every service-based entrepreneur, I was like, building a product, man. That's where it's at, you know? Yeah. And so I started building an iPhone app and it's called Goal Vader and it takes pictures of everything that you eat. It shares it with your friends and it overlays emotions on it. So it changes your eating habits. And uh, so I did that, but then I lost passion because I love working with people versus doing a consumer product. So that's how I got back into it. A bunch of agencies started reaching out to me. They're like, how'd you build solar velocity? How'd you get successful? How'd you do this? And said, hey, I might have something, and, and I love helping and teaching people out, so here I am. And um, so, so let's talk about this in a moment, uh, because I want to explore this in more detail, but before we do that, what's, what, what, if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing about your current situation, what would it be? You know, that's a hard one. I, I really don't know. I mean, I have the coolest job in the world now. I mean, I worked under 100 hours. I, I go mountain biking into the mountains whenever I want. I mean, literally yesterday, well, today was a curse because I published my time sheet report uh -huh. and I've been on calls with clients ever since 8 o'clock this morning. So <laughs> today is an unusual day for me. Um, so I've worked 10 hours today, right? So that's the most I've worked in a long time. But um, I really don't know. I mean, I love everything I do. I wouldn't change anything. I mean, you know, I'm I'm making money and, and I'm making money while I'm sleeping and, and, it's, and systems in place and people are enjoying it. I mean, there's, there's nothing yeah. better. So. Cool. Awesome. Uh, it's funny, James Shremko, who's a, a uh, kind of a business coach here in Australia, he's got a, a product called Superfast Business. He said the same thing when I asked him that question. I, I said, uh, what keeps you awake at night? He said, nothing, man. My head hits the pillow and I fall asleep. He said, I sleep pretty well at night. He said, there's nothing I, I, I would change, you know? So it... it pisses my wife off because she, you know, she has a hard time getting to sleep. And uh, the other night she went to me, she goes, uh, you know, your damn phone kept waking me up. I was like, what do you mean? Well, I, I use PayPal Pro for my merchant account. Uh -huh. And I love the app because it dings every time I get an order in or someone buys something. <laughs> and she goes, man, it was just lighting up last night. Did you have a bunch of orders? I was like, I did. I was like, I don't feel bad for that. Yeah. I remember the first time we, I remember the first time we, um, made i remember the first time we sold a product while i was sleeping and um you know it was an amazing feeling i woke up in the morning this was the video user manuals plugin this is a long time ago this is going back like 2008 2009 maybe and and uh anyway i woke up in the morning and i checked my phone and it was the same thing it was the paypal uh thing there was like like three or four notifications on the phone and i remember sitting up in bed showing my, my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife showing her and we both did this little dance we're both like money while we sleep money while we sleep and i, I know it sounds it's pretty cool. crass but I, it was like for me it was like the light bulb moment hang on a second i just generated revenue and i i was sleeping and that for me was the light bulb moment where i realized that products particularly recurring revenue model products are the holy grail for any business because you know, back when I had my agency and we we're employing staff, I'd wake up on the first of every month and I'd be like, oh man, I've got to find like 30 grand just to keep the doors open this month and make some basic payroll, right? Now we're employing staff, we've got three offices, you know, and I know that our cash flow is pretty secure because we have this recurring revenue because we've worked out a way to add value to our clients enough that they will pay us every month for the privilege of using those products and services. Yep. 
Yeah, and, and, and the, the model is awesome, and it can be applied to freelancers and agency owners and all of that because, you know, in the past, you would get a big client, and then you'd have to hire a bunch of people. And it just, there wasn't scale. It was basically you're a staffing company yeah. that gave them the expertise. Mm. But there's ways in order to do it where you can become you know, a $13 million agency and still only have maybe 15, 20 people versus the old days when we were that big, we had to have like 120 people. Mm. And that's, that gets very stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about what you're doing today. So, so you sold the agency uh, you took some time off. You came back. You're now, you know, for want of a better word, you're, you're you're now marketing information products and helping agencies grow to the next level. I'm curious, like, did you at some point did you think, hmm, no one's going to take me seriously, or I don't have the qualifications to teach other agencies how to do this? Did you have to get over some kind of self doubt? Not real. Well, not when a lot of people kept asking the same questions. When, when I first started coaching people, you know, not everybody is as quick as probably we are, right? So we see something and we're like, boom, boom, boom. And, you know, Noah can outperform us and I'm punching at the screen, right? <laughs> and, and so I thought they could go as quick as I could spill out everything I knew. And I was trying to solve everything in the very beginning. And so in the very beginning, I lost some clients because they were like, you tell us great stuff, but there's so much. And they didn't know where to focus. Mm. And so I started self-doubting myself on the coaching part. But I knew, I was like, dude, I built a company out of nothing. I mean, my first client asked me for an invoice, and I didn't even know what an invoice was. And I got through that. And so I started being like, let me slow down. Let me focus on one thing, one key takeaway. When I did that, my phone just started lighting up. And my clients started getting a lot of value. And I haven't lost anybody since that. I've, and then I've made that decision to get rid of people that, like, the one client that, you know, wasn't getting any leads and they didn't want to do anything. I was like, I'm not helping you. You got to, action equals transaction, right? And yeah. so, you know, so I got over that part. But when people started asking me that, there was no limiting belief. But now I did have issues running my agency many, many years. I was like, there's no way I'm a CEO of a, a company and I have people reporting to me, I need to bring some, you know, uh, you know, huge CEO in, in order to run this thing. Cause you know, I'm driving to work in a scooter and shorts and flip flops. And I was like, who's this? And, um, <laughs> and then I was like, screw it. You know, these old suits like at IBM can't do it better than me. And as soon as I, you know, change that mindset shift, you know, everything took off. Mm. The reason I ask this is because, you know, one of the things we talk a lot about is positioning yourself as an expert, for want of a better term, or position yourself as someone like a trusted source of information. So, for example, if you're building websites for accounting firms, you want to position yourself as the person who knows more about websites for accounting firms than anyone else in your district or your area, right? And one of the problems that a lot of freelancers have is they feel, or they have like, you know, Chris Lemmer talks about the imposter syndrome. It's been around since the Roman Empire, the, apost the, the, the imposter syndrome and this whole self-doubt thing. And a lot of people just find it debilitating to the point that they, they never publish a blog post or they publish a blog post about, you know, the latest plugin or the Genesis framework or a new theme, or and, and it, which is not valuable to their target audience at all. It's only valuable to other WordPress developers, right? Yeah. So how what's like, like, like a tactical, practical tip for someone who knows they need to do this, but is having that kind of internal struggle in their head like, oh, no one's going to take me seriously or who am I to teach this stuff? Yeah, so treat failure as your best friend, right? So whenever I failed, I'd be 
I'd be happy because I'd learn, you know, I'd be smarter. And then if I succeeded, I'd be really happy because I figured it out. And you just got to look at it that way. I mean, then you just start looking at all the people that failed. I mean, you look at Oprah Winfrey. Mm. I mean, people told her that she'd never be in broadcasting. I was like, okay, that didn't work. Or (laughs) Steve Jobs, you know, he was fired or they pushed him out. All these successful people or Thomas Edison did the light bulb, thousand and one ways of not, on how not to make one. So you start realizing all these brilliant people and you start realizing that they're just like you and me. And so you can do that. And when you do that, you're like, okay, I can be an advisor. And you just have to have certainty. I mean, mm. that's it. Mm. So let's talk, about, let's, let's talk about some specifics about what you're teaching uh, at jasonswink.com. So you've got, let's just wa- walk us through the product suite. Like if someone comes into Jason yeah. Swink, and there's a, the reason for those who are listening, this isn't an opportunity for Jason to pitch his products. What it is, it's an opportunity to learn uh, and the, the importance of having a product suite and why you've got different products in different modalities. That's what I'm sort of interested in. So what is it, yeah. what is it that you have on offer? Yeah, so the first thing that I sell, and, and you treat it as kind of this sales offering funnel, okay? So you start small and then you go bigger and bigger. So like the first thing I offer is my proposal template. It's very valuable, right? So I never, sp- and we'll get into this at a later time, I think we're doing a webinar, yeah. but I never spent over 15 minutes on a proposal, Right, because I created this master template that I used each time. So I start there, something small that's going to provide them value and give them a win. So that's why I sell my proposal template. And then you step up another level. The next thing I sell is the agency playbook. This is basically an agency in a box where I give you every single document I used at Solar Velocity. I give you the teachings, and I basically have come up with those 12 systems that every agency needs to know about, or any business really. If you think about it, that's why I can work 100 and less hours a month because I have the right systems in place. And so I do that. And then the next level up there is some live programs that I do. Like I teach people how to generate leads. But at the end of the day, and you know, I have the coaching, which is the highest level. But at the end of the day, it's all about just solving problems for a specific market that provides value to them. And I just keep taking them up. But the amazing thing is, is, you know, all the, like I walked, literally 20 people through the first session of Generate Leads Every Day. It's a live program today. About half of them have already went through the playbook. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably almost all of them went through the proposal template. So mm. if you think about that little slice of services that you can do, mm. that you can get your foot in the door, that's a game changer. Mm. So in terms of a freelancer, I mean, I, I got some ideas on on this myself. And in fact, I'm work, we're working with one of our Platinum members who's doing this exact thing now is is offering smaller priced services to attract new clients into their orbit and then a percentage of those clients move up the food chain, so to speak, and end up, I mean, just like here at WP Elevation, we've got a bunch of members who are gold members, we've got thousands of people who download our free reports and watch the podcast, and then we've got a bunch of people, you know, smaller percentage who are gold members, and then a smaller percentage who are platinum members, and then a smaller percentage are coming to Thailand in a few weeks to spend three days at a mastermind group, right? So that's the kind of... I, I liken it to like coffee to marriage, you know, you're going to have coffee yep. with lots of people, but you're going to marry one person, hopefully. Um, yep. As a freelancer who's doing, who's doing web services, how, how, how do you imagine they can package what they're doing up into that kind of model? Yeah, so it's really easy. Think You have to define your core service. So as a freelancer, let's say you're uh, designing websites on WordPress, right? So some of the services that you have to do 
anyway that you could slice off is wireframing or discovery calls or mm -hmm. uh, audits. Mm -hmm. So those are the basic ways in order to get your foot in the door where now they're 20 times more likely to do work with you later on if they have a good experience. You have to be good at what you do. You can't be you know, slimy and, and, and really not deliver value. Yeah. And so it's all Bama. about convert. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, um, and then once they're in the door, you can do what McDonald's does. Do you want fries with that? You yeah. can upsell them. And, and so you just, but you have to figure out where you're starting, who your audience is, and then slice off those different parts. That's the whole key. Mm. And, and when people start doing that versus going, I can design your website and do everything, blah, 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 blah. And they just start spilling it all out. You confuse the hell out of the person you're talking to. Mm. You just prompted me to do something which I've never done before. We, you talk about wireframing, so I call it prototyping. And we, we, I have a very specific process that I go through to sell prototypes to a client. So instead of, you know, saying, instead of saying to a client who wants e-commerce and a membership site and saying, oh, look, I think we can do this for eight grand and just kind of pitching it over the fence and praying that you can do it and still make a profit, what I'm suggesting is that we build prototypes so that we show the client what it looks like in the browser rather than writing up a big you know, tech spec document and then sell that for a smaller amount of money so that everyone gets on the same page and then we can actually quote on the finished product and you're more likely to get them to invest more in the finished product because you've, you've blown them away initially. So here's the thing. Yeah. For those who are listening to this podcast, we ran this prototyping webinar and we sold tickets to it. I think we sold tickets for like 50 bucks and it did really well. It, we, had a, we had hundreds of people on this webinar I'm going to give it away for free right now because Jason has mentioned this wireframing slicing up services. So in the show notes under this video, I'm going to put a link where you can go and watch the prototyping webinar for free. And by the way, it is epic, this webinar. It, will, it, will, it gives you everything you need to then start selling prototypes and wireframes to your clients. So thank you for prompting me to do that. Definitely. Um, what about, what about um, hosting and and maintenance like you know when you launch a site to a client and they come back two weeks later even if you've built it on a content management system they come back two weeks later and they say oh uh, we've got this new event coming up and we just want you to help us like get the event looking right on the website it should only take a couple of hours yep. how do you package that up into some kind of product well don't call it a retainer don't call it a maintenance plan call it a, a continuous improvement plan ah, so you're yeah. basically you know changing the terminology right yeah. so you're saying we're always going to make sure that we're upgrading you to the latest and greatest WordPress so we, you don't get hacked. And if you do have run into issues, we're going to you know, support you and, and do that. And also, if you need you know, constant updates and stuff like this, I know you have the control for it, but we'll be here for you to help you out. And you charge for it. But don't ever discount your work because you should be making a profit for it. Yeah. I love the continuous improvement. Um, we used to call them business continuity plans. It's, yeah. You know, and here's the thing, right? It's a, it's all about positioning, isn't it? And it's all about taking. This is the thing I think a lot of people miss, and I think you're articulating this really well. And I've, I, it's kind of weird. I'm like having one of these moments where I'm like, I could be interviewing myself right now <laughs> because <laughs> you're just saying all the right things. You know. And by the way, I haven't given Jason any prompt on this before the podcast, right? Um, but it's like taking what you currently already do, and packaging that up in a way that makes sense for the client to buy it. Yeah. And then you, then you have to change the terminology. Like a good friend of mine, he got a $300 haircut and he has hair like us, right? <laughs> You're like, really? $300 for this? Yeah. 
uh, versus like it could be like $20. Yeah, yeah. And so in, in the States, we call it a barber shop, right? You're going to go to a barber shop. But, you know, he wanted to see what was the difference between this $300 haircut. Well, they called it a studio, right? Yeah, and they yeah. changed the experience. Yeah. So they changed the terminology so we didn't have any preconceived notions of, well, a, a haircut should be $20 versus... I'm going to a studio. I have no idea what the experience is, so I guess I can't pay three hundred dollars. That is awesome, man. I love it. I, I mean, I would never pay three hundred bucks for a haircut, but you know, but I have paid ten dollars to have my head shaved before at a barber shop, and I've paid forty dollars to have my head shaved before at a studio. I mean, I could have done yep. it myself at home in the bath with my clippers, and it wouldn't yep. have cost me anything. But I just didn't want to clean up the hair, right? So I basically paid someone forty bucks to sweep it up afterwards. You know, that's right. <laughs> All right, this is this is epic. As Jason mentioned, we are going. Jason is going to uh, come on and present one of the WP Elevation webinars in the not too distant future. So uh, stick around for details on that if you are an Elevation member, and if you're not, get over to wpelevation.com and join in the fun. Um, Let's do the elevation round now. So for those that don't know, WP Elevation is a business accelerator program for WordPress consultants where you will learn how to take your WordPress consulting business and turn it into a, a real, there you go, turn it into a real business. Jason's wearing WordCamp, WordCamp Atlanta t-shirt specifically for this podcast. Um, so the elevation round is I'm going to ask you a series of quick questions specifically about freelancing and consulting, and you're going to give us a series of quick answers off the top of your head. Sound good? Okay. <laughs> What's the number one thing any freelancer or consultant needs to know? Know their, know their audience. Know who they serve. Yeah, perfect. Uh, what's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers? Lead with the challenges I'm going to solve. Ooh, I like that. Lead with the challenges you're going to solve. That's awesome. We've never had that articulated that way before. I really like it. Um, yeah. Because, you know, one of the things, it's so noisy, such a noisy marketplace, right, is that you have to get the attention of the people that you're trying to talk to. There's no yep. point talking about solutions. There's no point talking about what you do or features or any of that kind of stuff because they're not interested. All they're interested yep. in is how that can solve their problem. Yeah. Well, like, for example, like if you go to my website and you go agency resources, I don't have anywhere like a page called services. I think that's garbage, right? And then if you go to the agency resources, they all start with questions. Are you struggling to get to the next level? Are you struggling with getting more leads? And they all take you to a program which is, you know, tells you more. I mean, at the end of the day, they're services and programs, but I don't want to call them that. Yeah, perfect. Uh, how do you stop competing on price? Sell on value, and, and, and you have to know the value that you're providing, right? So I hate trading time for money. Mm. I think that's just, you know, I did that for years and years. But then what I started realizing is, is, I mean, one day I took an experiment and I met with a client and I said, I'm going to try to double my prices and see what it is. So I went from $10,000 a website to $20,000. They said, okay. I'm like, oh my God, all right. So the next client I did, I said, $40,000 for the same work that I would do for $10,000. Mm. They said yes. And I kept doing that until someone said no. Mm. And then I kept saying, well, what type of client is this that's saying yes? And I wanted to go after them and realized... I wanted to go after the ones that had the money and the ones that did not have to have convincing. They were already know they had a problem. They just were looking for a solution. So mm. hope, hope that helps. It does. It's very helpful. Uh, and I know the answer to this question. Any tips on writing better proposals? <laughs> <laughs> Buy my, watch my course, right? Or come to the webinar. Exactly. Uh, you have to, the biggest thing I'll tell you about that is you have to have it in the right order. 
And one of the things I'll give you free right now is don't lead with about us in the very beginning of your proposal. They don't care about you. <laughs> Bury that in the proposal somewhere else. Lead with the problems. Yeah, that is absolutely spot on. Um, uh, we used to we used to use this thing called Slide Deck. Um, slide Deck, Slide Rocket. We used to use this tool called Slide Rocket to deliver proposals online, and it was basically a PDF that they would skip through on a website, and we could track full track analytics. And it was amazing looking at the analytics of those proposals. Like every slide would be like two seconds they would spend on each slide, except the pricing slide, and that, and it would be like open for twenty minutes while they were like yeah. checking emails and having phone calls and come back and they'd just look at the pricing. They didn't read anything else in the proposal except the pricing. I'll, I'll tell you, um, I'll prompt all of you guys to join the webinar is I will tell you how to stop your clients from going dark when you send the proposal. I have a way to eliminate that completely. When I started doing this, I never had a client just go dark after I sent my proposal. Awesome. I love it. I like that terminology too. We, we normally say hearing crickets, like you put in a proposal oh, yeah. and you, you hear crickets. Well, we, we do that too, yeah. I like so. going dark. It's nice. So there you go. It's one of the things that Jason's going to teach on the webinar is how to stop clients going dark after you submit proposal. Um, what's your favorite tool for CRM? Infusionsoft. Oh, hey, there you go. I mean, it's, it, you know, I had a skeleton... Uh, of all this different Frankenstein software put together and uh, they really allowed me to kind of put it into one system so I only had to worry about one thing. We've just pushed the button on Infusionsoft a few days ago and so now we're going through the process of gradually like looking at all of our systems that are gaffer taped together and held together with coat hangers and we're kind of unwrangling it all and putting it all in Infusionsoft. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Oh yeah. What's the best way to keep a project on track? Um... It all starts in the very beginning in the sales meeting. So you have to set expectations and documentation. Nice, set expectations. I'm just making some notes here for the show notes and I'm a very bad typist, which means I have to look down when I use the keyboard. Um, <laughs> any ideas for getting referrals from existing clients? Do a really good job. Don't ask for referrals. Ask for recommendations after you deliver oh, a good service. I like you more and more. The more, I, the more. the more time I spend with you, the more I like you. Ask for recommendations after you've done a really good job. Um, and the final question in the elevation round is, what's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? Just be different. I mean, just be who you are. I mean, that's really it. I mean, I could tell I could tell you exactly what I do, and our services and our offering would be that different because we're both different people, even though it seems like we're very alike. Yeah. But it's different. So don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Just do what you think is right. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great advice. Um, Corey Miller from iTheme spoke at Pressnomics a couple of years ago. On the first, he was the first cab off the rank, and his whole presentation was about telling your story and ignoring everything else because everything else is just noise, man. Yeah, it's all about your story and the story you tell yourself. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. Uh, okay, quick competition announcement. So Jason has a proposal template. It's the same proposal template that he used to get clients like Hitachi and AT&T, uh, which you know, we're very familiar with those brands here in Australia. Uh, it's normally $197. He's going to give two copies away. Now, what are we going to get our – what are we going to ask our audience – uh, if in order, they need to leave some comments under the video. What are we going to ask them to leave uh, under the video in order to enter this competition? I would think, what is their biggest struggle and what it would mean to them to have a proposal template 
that could win them more business. And then, you know, me and you will talk and we'll figure out who uh, the two winners are. All right. So and give them maybe like two weeks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll give you a couple of weeks to leave some comments under the video. So the, so the question is, what is your biggest struggle right now? And what would it mean to your business if you were using a proposal template that was getting you some decent work? Yeah? Yep. Leave Sounds your comment great. under the video. I'll get Jason to swing by in a couple of weeks and uh, we'll have a powwow session and we'll award two of those proposal templates to two winners. Uh, that's a very generous prize. Thank you very much. Um, okay, just before we wrap up, man, what is the number one piece of advice you would give any entrepreneur trying to build their own business? Have, have a destination of where you think you want to go, right? So whenever I'm teaching people to race a car, I'm saying focus, right? So you know, when you have a destination, you'll know exactly what to focus on. And focus to me, if you want to remember focus, finish one commitment until success. That's oh, what focus means. That's nice. Where did that, where did that acronym come from? Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I just started thinking of it. It might be someone else, but, you know, I'll, I'll say like Picasso, right? Good artist <laughs> uh, borrow and great artist steal. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finish one commitment until success, yeah? Finish one commitment until success. That's nice. I like it. Awesome. Um, what do you reckon you're going to be doing in 12 months' time, man? What, what's the future hold for Jason Swank? You know, the future is very long. I love doing this, so I don't see anything changing other than doing other stuff. You know, I'm going to start to probably hire a couple people to help me out and really where we can. I want to be the number one resource for agency owners. That's mm -hmm. my whole goal. And I want to be the, the test case and the scenario and just do all these kind of cool experiments and, sh and share with them the new things that they can do versus copying the bigger agencies, which just don't work anymore. Mm. Awesome. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how that unfolds. Um, where can people reach out and thank you for this interview? Yeah, so uh, you can go to jasonswank.com. I give away about 70% of all my knowledge for absolutely nothing. I just charge for 30%, which is really, really good. So you can go there, and, and all my social media stuff is all there as well. So connect with me. Say hello. Uh, always answer your guys' questions. Awesome. And finally, who would you like me to try and interview for the podcast and why? Oh, that's a good one. Um, go for Oprah, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, why, why, All right, why not? Why the hell not? So I have uh, Richard Branson on my list already. I've got Seth Godin. Shit, why not? I'll put Oprah Winfrey on my list as well. Yeah, why not? You're going to aim high, right? You can say no, right? Exactly. That's <laughs> awesome. Oprah Winfrey, keep your eyes, or Oprah Winfrey's personal assistant or PR company, keep your eyes on your inbox because courtesy of Jason Swank, I'm going to come and try and interview you for the WP Elevation podcast. I mean, hey, you, you got me on it. Exactly. <laughs> Can you introduce me to Oprah? <laughs> sure. Uh, we, we go way back. I'll just say, come on, O, let's do it. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, man, thank you so much for spending an hour with us on the WP Elevation podcast. I really appreciate uh, your time. And I look forward to working together more in the future. As I said, Jason is going to be coming in and uh, teaching one of our webinars for WP Elevation. Uh, so if you're not already a part of it, get over to WPElevation.com and check it out. And man, thanks again for spending so much time. I look forward to working more again in the future. Definitely. Take care. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jason Swank as much as I did. I sure as hell learnt a lot in that interview and I'm going to be applying that stuff into my own WordPress consulting business. Of course, this episode is brought to you by Video User Manuals. I probably don't need to tell you any more about it, but in case you've been living under a rock for the last 
six years. Uh, it's a plugin that puts over 60 video tutorials in your client's WordPress dashboard to teach them WordPress, to teach them WooCommerce, and to teach them how to use SEO by Yoast. You can get it for $1 for your first month so that you can try it out on some client websites and then it is $24 a month. Or you can buy an annual license for 240 bucks and save uh, uh, save a couple of months. That price might have gone up by now because we are in the process of increasing our prices. But you can still get it for a dollar a month and take it for a spin. 60 day, 100% money back guarantee. So um, nothing to lose uh, and everything to gain. Uh, it automates your client training process, allows you to teach clients how to use WordPress, and you don't have to turn up and show them how to use the media library because we do that for you. Uh, okay, subscribe to the podcast at wpelevation.com slash subscribe to make sure that you never miss an amazing episode. We'll just stick them straight in your inbox every Thursday. Visit the show notes for this episode at wpelevation.com slash Jason Swank, J-A-S-O-N-S-W-E-N-K. Uh, all the links and all the resources and everything we spoke about will be in the show notes. And remember to leave your comments underneath the video and tell Jason the biggest challenge you're having in the business right now and what it would mean to you if you could use a proposal template to start securing some bigger clients. What would that mean to your business and what would that mean to your lifestyle? Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, please get over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. Or if you think we're crap, give us a one-star review and tell us why so that we can improve. But if you think we're good, give us a five-star review. It really helps us come up in the search results um, so that more people can listen to the podcast and more people can benefit the same way that you guys are. Next week on the podcast, I'm interviewing Alex Moss from Firecask. The truth is, I've already interviewed him, and it's awesome, and I can't wait to share it with all of you. Until then, go elevate.